Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 43 and today I am bringing a tribute in. So this episode is all about the king of pop which would have been his 63rd birthday um I have been wanting to do this episode for a while because I'll tell you I want to do a dedication to like my favorite artists and just say why they're my favorite artists I did one on Tupac Shakur on his birthday so if you didn't check that out make sure you go back to that check that out as well um so i been wanting to do this so i'm not gonna have you guys here to too long i just want to run a couple fun facts down and talk about why he's my favorite one of my favorite artists is um i don't have too many church announcements um i did just drop power book three episode six so go check that out guys um we finished up narcos as i was saying before so now we've completed that until season three drops and we're gonna get right back on it recapping each episode and before we move all the way along i do want to drop one more narcos documentary this one will be about the plaza's feuds um just because we just got done with it and i had wanted to break that down a little bit more so this doc is on hulu it is under narcos wars and if you watch the the first Mexico cartel, it was right under that one. So that was episode three. So we'll be doing episode four. And that'll just be talking about how the plazas were feuding uh, mo- m- more than, you know, like the Sinaloa cartel against the Tijuana. So I want to just recap that as well. We have two more documentaries I definitely want to cover before we get into Snowfall. Um that's free freeway rick ross that's on youtube that's the only place i could find it it's an hour and 43 minutes but it's really good so it won't take you no time to get through that um also go ahead and cover the crack documentary that is on netflix and that's going to go on in with the snowfalls as well and then before the week is over we will definitely be um into snowfall so we'll get to recapping that right away um pretty much that is it catch me back next sunday for another episode of power recap and don't forget you can follow me on my social media platforms uh facebook and ig is under alicia shanice and if you have spotify downloaded on your phone or whatever you can follow my playlist i have made them all public i have so many of them they are all titled pretty much the same thing like i have shanice love 80s and then it has one and two one is for r&b two is for um 80s hip-hop same for 90s then i got the oldies like the motown era i got some country music i got my favorite gospel play gospel playlist that i put together so yeah check me out if you love music and pretty much that is it you know i've been shouting out um a couple different things um for one don't forget uh, i've been telling you guys if you will be in the atl area around september or after one of my really good friends is opening up a spa and i will shock that out more and more as it gets closer to opening and that is the ambience health and wellness spa she's gonna be doing all kind of cool things we come in there and just relax and get your spa day on okay and that is in the roswell area if you are into books especially about hip-hop in the streets and everything check out one of my mentors books who i always can go to for advice because i am writing a book now and hopefully um will be nearly done around christmas time i'm putting myself on a deadline and his book is called some things i've been through it's a memoir by jamil gully tv Lindsay. really really dope read and he also has a youtube channel over a hundred thousand subscribers check him out he's really dope got some really dope interviews um i'm not gonna have you guys here too long because this is the second episode for today i've been on my grind so on that note let's get into the show Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice and she's the one.
So it don't even seem like Michael Jackson has been dead this long. Like I remember the day he passed, it it was all over. It was crazy and it was like unreal. Cause like that was this is like Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? And I remember we me and my homegirls, we had went out to the club and it was like this guy there. He was dressed up um like MJ. He had the glove on and everything. He danced all night because the DJ was playing his music. I remember my aunt was like crying hysterical because she was a big Michael Jackson fan like myself. But he is really one of the greatest entertainers to ever do it to this day. Um, he did go through a lot. He was scrutinized in the media. Um, he just went through a lot. But I just want to talk about him today on why he was one of my favorite artists. So he was the king of pop, the king of dancing, the king of moonwalking. And he was born August 29, 1958 in Gary, Indiana. So that wasn't too far away from me because I was born in Michigan. And he died June 25, 2009. That it just seems like so surreal. And now he's in Los Angeles. And he was born to Papa Joe and Mama Catherine. And he was the eighth child out of all of them. So Michael Jackson's career is longer than, you know, he was in a game for forever. Like most of really all of his life he probably didn't even remember anything about not being an entertainer um they signed to motown with the jackson five in 1968 and even before they got signed um they were out they would go to school but at nighttime they would be out performing at like nightclubs it would be like strip clubs um all type of like grown adult clubs they would be performing at all night didn't have to wake up and go to school so when they say that he didn't have a childhood that is true and i'll get to that part shortly um but they were like even opening up for opening acts like sam and dave the oj's um the gladys knight and etta james and two songs the jackson's five will always be remembered of i don't care what when you think of the jackson five you think of all of them with the little michael with their little afros and you think about i'll be there and abc one two three those are two songs that you know we can just remember michael's high-pitched voice singing i'll be there um he did you know have a rough childhood but I am not one of those peoples who, you know, especially like the media, you know, how they tried to portray Joe Jackson. Um, one thing I, 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 I listened to him say, I want to say he was on Larry King when a lot of stuff was going on. And he was saying, you know, out of all of his children, um, none of them has a record and, you know, all of, none of them had a record and we have to take our back or take ourselves back to the sixties with, uh, Joe being, uh, a factory worker in that small itty bitty, what was a two bedroom home with all those kids. And he did push them. But if he wouldn't have pushed him and been the father he was, then it wouldn't have been no Michael Jackson. Can you imagine, you know, the music industry without a Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson opened up so many doors, you know. And, um, you know, they always want to say he was just mean and he was abusive and all of that. But um, I take my hat and commend um, Joseph and Catherine. And it just is what it is. You know, back in the day, people got whoopings. I don't know if he beat and abused them. You know, like I said, once the mainstream media comes up with something, they all always try to overdo it, especially in our culture and how they try to make our own legends in, you know, our community. That's just what they do. And I'm just not one of them. I think Joe did his thing. You know how easy it would have been for Joe to come home look at his kids and be like, I'm going to the store and get some milk and never come back. That happened a lot in those days. And to me, he stuck with his kids. 
He was out there on the roads with them. It's not like he was just trying to make them rich for him. Like, no, he was out there struggling with them. He was pushing them. And he might have been a little strict, but in those times, a lot of fathers were that way and they would get a belt. But when you kind of think about it, after you leave like the 60s and 70s is when you got into the 80s and a lot of men were either, you know, going, getting incarcerated for drugs, selling drugs or leaving home and never coming back. And that's more when it became like a single um a single woman in one parent home. But back then, you know, you had that that structure and say what you want, but the Jacksons, you can tell they came from like two parent homes. You know, he really made something out of his family. So I will always, you know, look at Joe like, you know, he was the man. I'm just, you know, that's my opinion. But one of like their um, family movie is one of my favorite movies. And we can see a young, ambitious Michael and how eager he was to get into the game, how much he looked up to Barry Gordy and that much he did. And, you know, it's a difference when you go and you look at him as a child and interviews he was doing and how he was with the media then and how outgoing he was and he wasn't shy, you know, and it's like when he got to the teenager stage, you seen a different Michael. I wasn't born yet, but just from going back, looking at different interviews and everything. So that's when we seen, you know, Michael going through like the changes of his looks, you know, you go through your voice changing because when he started, he was five and six. So of course he had the high pitched voice all of that. And then when you go through the voice changing, that's a lot. Puberty, that's a lot. And he always thought he was really ugly. And look what he ended up doing to himself. And I always thought when you go look at the the older pictures of Mike, you know, in the, uh, the Billie Jean era, the off the wall era, you know, he was a handsome guy. You know, Billy Jean, he had he had a little surgery done there, but he was still very handsome. But when even when he was an off the wall and he just had his, you know, afro and he was a good looking guy. So it just shows you what the the mainstream media and that industry will do to your self-esteem and do to you. And, you know, of course he didn't have a childhood, but when you look back, you're like Say, for instance, Joe never pushed them boys to do anything. Where would they would have been? You know, they said a lot of guys in Gary, Indiana, end up really, you know, not doing anything with themselves. Would they rather been the Jacksons that they are now and their dad not pushed them? Or would they rather been, you know, working in a factory somewhere in that small home? So I always looked at it like they always say, oh, poor Mike, he never had a childhood. But I get that, too but they still became the Jacksons. And that was a really big deal to look at how not only did the brother's career go far to where they can live like they live today, but, you know, the sisters, Rebe, she had a son out. Janet's career, you know, oh my God. And, you know, Latoya is Latoya, honey, but, you know, even look at her. And they just became like this Black Dynasty family, um, the first time, you know, I was born in 80s. <laughs> so the first time I remember Michael Jackson, remember of knowing him for the first time in my life. Um, I was little and I used to watch this movie over and over and over again. And that was 1988's Moonwalker. I had that on VHS. And when my cousins would come over, they would get so mad at me because I would make them watch it with me over and over again. They'd like, cut this off. I knew every song that was about to come up. And I still love that album to this day. Um, Not only was he in Moonwalker, he was also in The Wiz with him and Diana Ross and <clears throat> the first time he ever did his moonwalk dance that was legendary um that was in 1983 at Motown 25 so like in the 80s that's when he more splurred off and hooked up with Quincy Jones and they made history like off the wall is a classic and then you go to thriller and like they sold over 
I was looking it up and it was like the highest album ever with Thriller. Like him and Quincy Jones made history. And I always found that strange that they did all of that and never worked together ever again. You never heard of Michael Jackson with Quincy Jones. And you would have thought like that was strange because after he did off the wall and thriller that's when he went to go you know new jack swing was kind of coming out and that's when he went on with like teddy riley to um, produce his next album which was a banger too that had re, um, remember the time on there that was a banger too but his music and his music videos were always like he always had the best i don't know nobody else in the game white black pop r&b who had better music videos than michael jackson like when you looked at it they were always so visual and it was always like a mini movie um if you go pull up remember the time if you go pull up um what is the name of that song i cannot think of it right now shoot 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 Billie Jean, of course, but no, it's another one. And I'm about to look it up right now, honey, because I got my little, I have a, when I tell you guys to follow me on Spotify, I have a playlist that I made and it only has Whitney Houston songs on there with Prince and Michael Jackson. <laughs> and I love this playlist. I play it back to back to back. Um, let me pull this up because this was my jam. The way you make me feel. I could not think of that song for nothing. Um, the way you make me feel. You go back and you watch that video. And then that's when he had the girl in there. And they kind of looked like they would have been a perfect couple. The, the, the main girl in there. And then we see Latoya Jackson. She's one of her homegirls in the video. That video was amazing. And then not to mention um, Smooth Criminal. When he had on a white suit. And then Dirty Diana. Mike looked a little sexy and Dirty Diana, honey, when he put his little shirt off. And, you know, uh, but yeah, I loved it. Michael Jackson videos. And he made history with the Thriller video. Because if you kind of go back and listen, Thriller wasn't an amazing song. It was the video that set it off. And I don't know nobody who's done a better video than that till this day. And it's 2021. Like that video was scared the hell out of a little kid on Halloween when he turned into that werewolf. It looked so real back then. But he would make all of his, not only was his songs amazing, but, um, you know, he would make the videos and the visuals and he would dance and that would be amazing as well. Um, also, if you ever watch like him in the 80s. You go back and you watch Michael Jackson when he was a kid and then you could tell something happened or he just got really insecure. But then when you go to the interviews in the 80s, he became really, you know, really quiet, really calm, really shy. And he just wasn't the same kid. You know, like when you get into the industry, you might would be shy from all the lights and everything. But he had had this since he was like five years old. And it's like he became just like a different person, like that spark and um, brightness that he used to have was kind of gone. He became very shy, talked very low. And one thing that intrigued me is you can have the gangster of the gangster is right. But I pulled up an interview and Mike was sitting there and he had like this 12 foot snake. It was a big ass pipe. I think it was a pipe. I could be wrong. I don't, it was like, it was a big ass snake. And it was a interview in the eighties and him and Quincy was sitting there talking about his album. And the guy who was interviewing him, like, you're not scared. The snake was just wrapped all around his neck. And he was like, no, animals are kind animals are peace and i'm like what the hell and then when you think about how he used to just walk around with his monkey and he would have just he would have his animals uh he would just have him there sitting on his lap like a kid and you know everything like when you see somebody like that with animals like they said that's how dmx was with his dogs you know um that that just shows you what type of person he was and I really love Michael Jackson. I think he was like the best entertainer of all time. Like that is no cap. That's what I 
I think it was. And in the 80s, he was on top of the world. To this day, when you think about the 80s, who do you think about? I think about Eddie Murphy. You know, that was his time. You think about Michael Jackson, maybe Phil Collins. But the 80s just seemed like something different. And that's actually where, um, fun fact, where his feud from Prince started. Because you know how you always have the comparison. Who is better? Is it Biggie or Pac? Is it Nas or Jay? Is it, you know, Diana Ross or Patti LaBelle? Prince was always his nemesis who they everybody always put their catalogs up but if you think about it they are two totally different artists like they aren't the same but I can see why you would compare those two and they actually were more friendlier back in the 80s but um one of the few started because one of Michael Jackson's mentors who he looked up to something like horribly like he loved it this man was James Brown and I swear it's on YouTube if you go pull it up um James Brown was performing and he seen Mike in the audience so he got excited and he called Mike up and Mike got to going up there and they were singing my song too he let Mike get the microphone and get to singing it and it was um it's a man's world so Mike got the singing and he whispered in James ear and told him Prince was out there too now Prince wasn't as popular as of yet I don't think Purple Rain had came out yet um this is early 80s. So Purple Rain might have, if it did, it might have just that came out. But Prince went up there too. And James Brown let him see the microphone. So he got to sing it. And he was trying to outdo Mike and end up dancing and falling off the stage. And Mike laughed. And they said from there on out, they have kind of like had a feud. And then Quincy Jones was trying to put together um where he was going to be on a remix it was going to be like a joint song of i'm bad and he said he invited prince over to his house and when prince came over to quincy jones home he looked at the uh at the lyrics and he was like who's singing this and he was like you know that that's that's mike park and all he read was the first part was your butt is mine because you know that's how the song start off like your butt is mine <laughs> and he said first of all I'm not singing this to you and and you're not singing this to me. So this song won't get done. And, you know, Prince was his own man, you know, and he said he was not singing that song. But, yeah, Prince was actually supposed to be on the I'm Bad song. But it's just something about the 80s. Like, to me, those guys were just like legends when you think about just that 80s era. And you will see all like the pictures of um Whitney Houston, you know, even Bobby Brown was popping, you know, in the 80s from off of uh, New Edition. And then, you know, you had Eddie Murphy's everywhere and him and Arsenio. And then, you know, Mike, Mike was just on top of the world. It was no, you would see Mike and people would literally just get to like crying. And when you say it'd be grown men and women just crying, like they just crying, just wanting to touch him and, and like shivering, you know, going crazy. At his concerts, people would be crying and pass out. That's how much of a legend he was. He was like loved all over the world. And uh, the Jackson's movie, I think that was a lot of, you know how you see bio scripts and they be like, oh, that was, that was far-fetched or, you know, from, you know, that was like the family's movie. And I, like me and my uh, family, we used to sit and watch that all the times, me and my aunt especially, because she loved Jenny Jackson. And we used to sit and watch that all the time. Like I, if I just need a feel-good movie and having a lazy day, I would definitely pop into Jackson 5. It's four hours, but worth every minute of it. And the guy who played Joe did his thing. And we see, you know, a young Michael and how eager he was, how he loved candy and loved to play and everything. But, you know, the the insecurity starting when, you know, he was like one of the youngest in the group, him and Marlon. And he's seeing, you know, 
all the girls come around and his brothers leave and they're going to get married. And that's that time people are leaving the group one by one or everything. Everybody has something going on. And even though he's been in the spotlight his whole life, he's always been this cute little boy. But as he's get older and he's going through puberty, he has all these bumps, you know, all over his face, you know, from acne as a normal teenager. But when you have your life in a spotlight like that and you have no type of privacy and never had any you know, chance to really make real friends on your own. Um, because, you know, when you meet people at school, they're going to want to be your friend regardless because you're Michael Jackson. And then you don't have time to meet friends, regular kids, you know, doing regular things because you're always working or on the road. And when you're reading a newspaper about yourself, they're calling you ugly. So, you know, you've seen that that insecureness coming to him and you know it takes some of your confidence away then your voice is changing and that takes that's what you depended on since you were as a kid and you know that takes some of your confidence confidence this way as well so you know that was a lot and then when you're like really on fire and making all these new changes with your career you know you got the new album coming out you and quincy jones are just doing things all over the world and you know you come and he did the pepsi commercial and that was like in 88 i believe i could be wrong that was in the mid 80s when he did the pepsi commercial and his hair ended up catching on fire so it's like you know you kind of if you if you put yourself in his shoes and just think about it like you know you're just starting to come out on your own and you know find who you are again with your voice and you know your looks or whatever because you're insecure then all your hair catches on fire and damage so that's when the surgery's got to happen and people just really got like just talking about him the media it became a media frenzy but what set him out from any artist to this day is what a lot of what made a lot okay before that the mainstream the mainstream loved him but when he got bold when he got too bold and he was hanging out with Paul McCarthy and they were talking and you know Paul McCarthy is just venting to him you know telling him how much it is for him to own his publishing and how important it is and this and this and this and Michael Jackson you know told him like well well how much is your publishing and you know he ended up getting the information and Michael Jackson went out and bought the Beatles publishing and at the time the Beatles was like the biggest group ever. And he bought his publishing, his The Beatles catalog for $47 million. And you know how they'll look at you in the mainstream media. Who are you to step out of your place? You know? And after that, that's when a lot of problems started coming. I'm a slightweight conspiracy theories, but that's when a, a lot of stuff started happening. You start getting the rumors or whatever. And I'm not saying, you know, Mike, Mike did do, you know, some questionable things, but shortly after that's when so many rumors got to coming out with him and they would just do so many things. I'm not here to say, you know, what happened to what I, I believe in my heart, Michael was a kind hearted spirit. I don't see you know, some people you can just, I don't know, his spirit just, I, I don't know, like, and, you know, it didn't help when his sister, they were really close, Latoya, and she was with that man, her, her ex-husband, and she ended up coming out with rumors of herself, so, you know, after they got a divorce, she retracted all of her statements, but the damage had been done, and he caught, you know, that first charge in 1993, and my point of what I'm getting at is that what made Mike look bad is when he caught that first charge, he settled. And, you know, that made people think, well, why would you pay people? And when you're a celebrity and you're making that much money, sometimes it's better to just settle out of court because you you know they want money. Um, you, it's, it's just so much you have to go through. So, like, you might come off better just settling. But my point of it is, is that they say Michael was a payer. He was a settler. Um, Paul Mooney was doing an interview, and that's another legend from, you know, the 80s, 70s era with Richard Pryor. But Paul Mooney, you know, he didn't give a damn what he said, and he was talking about Mike so bad. And this was before, you know, any of the allegations came out on him. 
And um, Paul Mooney was saying how he would just like have some bad Michael Jackson jokes and he would just do them all the time and they were getting all over the place. And he said, Mike called him. And Mike was like, can you just stop making fun of me? Like crying, pleading with him. Like, you know, they're not funny. They hurt my feelings. And that's how Mike talked, you know. And um, he was like, I will pay you this amount of money. He said he named millions. And he was like, no, I don't want your money. But I'm going to talk about you because I'm a comedian. And he, he was just making a point like Mike would pay you. He would he would pay you. And it was a guy named Ron Newton who came out. This was some years back. And he used to he used to be signed or his sons used to be signed to Joe Jackson's label because Joe had his own label as well. And he was saying after the allegations came out that some people contacted him and was saying that they would pay him like a million dollars or I don't know. I could have that number quote wrong, but it was a lot of money because they have found pictures of his sons like half naked in Mike's house but he was like no they were all like out partying with Joe and they were it was like a pool party he was like my sons were he said they cut me out of the picture I was in a picture with my sons we were all in the pool he said and they cut me out of the picture to make it look like my kids were just hanging around Mike half naked and tried to offer me that money to make it look like Mike did something to my kids and he was like no he said Mike wasn't like that and even if he was like that do you think I'm going to just give you some pictures if he would have did that to my son I would have killed them so he was like no and it was just showing you how the media was after him is my point to make and on how people always talked about how he loved to settle and um you know pay pay money out like he must have been guilty but um those were just two things that when i did you know my own research or whatever i came across of that mike used to like to pay people because he didn't want any problems he just wanted you to leave him alone and also um you know just how they were coming after him and you know how sweet and kind he was and you know kind-hearted and childlike he was one thing Michael Jackson was was a shrewd businessman he knew business and I don't think nobody in their entertainment business has outdone him to this day because when he bought out the Beatles catalog he signed a, a deal with Sony and when Mike died he owned half a sony so that's like playstation stuff rights that's like the song to cheers um you know the song is that that goes to cheers sometimes you want to know he owned all of that he owned all of the artists like for instance when he went to his third his second i said third it wasn't a third um when he went through the second allegation in 2003 that's when eminem was going off i remember eminem used to go Go off on Britney Spears, you know, this in sync, uh, Christina Aguilera. He had that thing where he would always go after the pop artists and he went after Michael Jackson. But, you know, Michael Jackson did an interview with uh, Ronaldo. Remember Ronaldo from back in the day who had the talk show? And he was like, you know, that's not nice. He was like, I, I think Mr. Eminem, you know, is, a, is, is a, a good entertainer. But if you have to go after people like that, what type of, you know, he, he was very humble, very calm. But under all that humbleness and calmness, what did Michael Jackson do? He went and bought Eminem's catalog. <laughs> yes he did so that that made mr eminem apologize um but yeah mike he did good business you can say what you want about him but he did good business and one thing that they don't tell you is a lot of mainstream people look at it like not to make it a racial thing but hey it is what it is who is this black man to buy these you know white legends artists catalog it might have been you know a little dirty because him and paul were friends but you know it is what it is but what did he do when he bought that catalog? Let me tell you what he did. Do you know that he gave multiple black artists back their publishing that they had been ripped off? He gave Rich, um, Little Richard, who they really say is the king of rock and roll, him and Chuck Berry, and he gave him back his publishing. And, you know, Little Richard was funny. He, he made a joke. He was like, Oh, because you know he little richard was disgruntled for how he had been done and he was like i was so happy michael jackson almost made me back straight <laughs> but he was just joking of course but little richard was so happy he gave multiple people back their publishing he did not charge them 
He gave it to them. And that's what they don't talk about. All they'd like to talk about is, oh, Wacko Jacko and all this. But Michael Jackson was a true legend. And from like little things that I've heard people talk about when I've done my research is how kind hearted and childlike he was. And to get on the allegations, I don't know if they're true or false. I don't believe them per se, but hey, I wasn't there. But if you ever just want to get off into that or just, you know, like I like to do a lot of research, but I've done my own and came to my own conclusion. You come up with yours. But Tom Mesero is the guy who um, represented Mike and he breaks everything down and it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. But he he claims, um, you know, Mike is innocent to this day. He still does a lot of really good interviews and his attorney is wonderful and like I like how he breaks everything down so you can find a lot of his interviews on YouTube and his name, his name is Tom Mesero and he's the one who's Mike's attorney on um, the 2003 trial. And do you know what was funny is like you learn when I was doing all the research, I found out who called and hired him. And I didn't know this myself, but he said, Randy, he said, Mike and Randy were so close and Randy was doing so much for him because, you know, you would always think it might have been Jermaine, but they said Randy was just there for him. He found Tom Mesero. He actually was close with Ronaldo. And he's the one who went and got Ronaldo and, you know, proved his case to him and had him interview him because at the time, everybody was looking at him like he was just this evil man. And then when they took a look at everything, they see how, you know, everything was played. And one of Michael's biggest mistakes was doing an interview with Martin Bashir. Martin Bashir, he went on and did it probably because Diana, Princess Diana, she really did do a really good interview with him. It was heart heartwarming, heartfelt when she was talking about her divorce from Prince Charles and, you know, leaving the royal family. So he did her interview justice. But when he did do the interview with Michael, he edited a lot out and it made Mike look really bad. And then it left the door open for more people to come after him. So that's all I'm going to go on the allegations part. I more just want this to be a celebration, but I thought that was, you know, interesting facts to bring out about that. Um, But Mike, like I said, he made history. He was the first artist to have a top 10 single. He had 10 of them, 10 singles in five different decades. He had 10 of them. Like, that's unheard of. You know, like, he was just a genius and a legend in, you know, the dance. And I've always loved him and Janet relationship when the media was just tearing him up. She was there for him. When they did Scream together, that video was epic to this day. Like, yeah, another person who was there for um, Mike a lot, and you would be surprised, is um, Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin has a lot of good stories about Mike. You know, he said he was always over Mike. And Mike hung around a lot of comedians. He hung around Chris Tucker all the time. Uh, he was around Eddie Griffin a, a lot. Um, he was just um, out a lot. Then, you know, he was the king of pop, and then he ended up marrying, um, what do they call Elvis, the king? The king of something. Uh, but yeah, they end up is it is he the, was he the king of rock, Elvis? But he ended up uh marrying the king of rock's daughter, which was Marisa Presley, and they um stayed married for about a year and a half. But another um relationship he had, friendship per se, is his two best friends who were he like trusted and was always with was I did always and I always thought it was real you know that was with Elizabeth Taylor and you would see him him and Liz it'll be videos and <laughs> they'll be staying the night spending holidays with each other he was always with Elizabeth Taylor and Diana Ross it seemed like as years went by he would always be with Elizabeth Taylor more but he was always with Diana Ross all the time. They had a really close relationship and friendship. Um, he did a lot of work with Stevie. And he said, you know, he actually went to Stevie 
and talked to him about when Eminem dissed him. And he was like, Stevie was so mad. And, you know, he just showed utmost respect for him. And then even when, you know, James Brown died, he said he looked up to train James Brown. You know, James Brown is the father of our father, especially when it comes to dancing. And he would try to imitate um, James Brown when he was growing up. And that was somebody he looked up to so much. And, you know, they were always, you know, they would always do tributes to each other. So that was always so nice because, you know, James Brown was the king, honey. But, yeah, I just I think Mike was like the best. And I know I'm going to be forgetting something by the time I get off. I'm like, dang, I didn't mention this. I didn't mention this. And remember he put um, Naomi uh, Campbell, he put her in his video. And that's when that's when she was coming up. That was the early, early 90s, young Naomi Campbell. And he had her in his music videos. Like I said, his music videos were always epic. One thing Mike did do, and they used this against him, is he did love children. He loved it, children. And he would donate millions of dollars to the hospitals. And, um, you know, it was, it, it was, and that's what they used against him. You know, but you can just put on Michael Jackson music, honey. And that, this does not get old. It still sounds good. It's still relatable today. And a lot of his, a lot of his songs, have outlasted time when you hear with all the stuff going on now to 2021 and you hear songs like they don't care about us that still relates to today when you hear songs like the man in the mirror come on now like that song hits home because it's like i'm looking at you know the person in the mirror seeing if i could change my own ways you know when you call yourself out and you know you just think about life that's the that's one of the most best songs in the world and then like human nature billy jean you know all that stuff still hits today and those were made in the 80s you know so I just wanted to do a tribute to the King of Pop for his birthday. Like I said, he's always been one of my favorite artists since I was a little girl sitting in my mom's living room watching Moonwalker on my VHS tape. And, you know, he was just a really good businessman. And that's like I said, they don't talk about that enough. He was a wonderful businessman. And I think that's pretty much all that. I didn't want to go too far in anything negative i just wanted it to be a tribute i love mike's music i love his dancing he birthed like when you look at usher dancing even you know you don't hear too much about his dancing anymore but remember when music videos was popping in the 90s and after genuine would do a video he would always break out with the dance and that was inspired by mj usher chris brown you know that was all inspired by mj and we ain't gonna never let flex forget when he played <laughs> remember when flex did the man in the mirror movie he had all the damn baby powder all over his face child we'll never forget flex for that <laughs> but i just wanted that to be like just a tribute um i love mike's music and just like we did when i dedicated my episode to tupac i just want to play a few of my favorite michael jackson songs let me see here let me go back to my little whitney prince and michael playlist because i got all of them right there in one place but yeah, um, like I said, he was the best um, business-wise. And that just shows you on your publishing. Towards the end of his life, uh, he got, he, he, he left the country for a long time. And, you know, one thing I can say is they treated him terrible over here in the United States. And he was all over the tabloids and you know, after um, Princess Diana passed, that hit him hard because, you know, them paparazzis used to harass him and he left. And then when he went to other countries, they would treat him like a king. They wouldn't he wouldn't have to go through all of that over here, over there, just here. And when 
he died, it was just crazy because he was like, this is it. And he was doing that last one show and he was like, that was all he was going to do. And they ended up releasing a documentary shortly after. And it just shows you a real humble Mike. Like he, he was a businessman and he would call the show and he knew how he wanted stuff done. He knew how he wanted that drummer to be playing that drum. He knew how he wanted to hear that guitar. Like he was very thorough, but he would always say with love, with love, (laughs) you know, he was just so like he's the king of pop he was so humble and you know it, I just like really love that but he's the king to me so I just wanted to do a birthday tribute um I just want to play a few of my mic songs I'm not gonna play too many of them and I won't play them too long but like you can still hear his music and it just This is one of my favorite songs off of this album. You'll be surprised, but I love this song. different (laughs) yeah that's a librarian girl that's one of my favorite songs and we're not even going to mention like all the grammys and awards he won that's why it was just crazy that when he was like on a roll and it was him and quincy um and then he just had his you know his own style he had the the band the band-aids on his finger with the gloves um and they did end up showing some pictures too that you know he might have went on and you know did his skin like that but he really did have you know that disease where his skin was peeling like that and changing so it was um documented that that was real he might have did other things to you know make his whole face just i mean his whole body tone blend in because of all the spots that he had but um he had at actually show pictures of his grandfather with the same um disease as well um but like i said just true goat like he he um he 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 had the most number ones um i want to say wasn't he like the first black i don't want to be mistaken but i think he was like the first black person to have an MTV music video or either it be number one or something like that. I could be a little bit wrong. I have to go back and look, but that was with the thriller and thriller and off the wall that hold that held the top charts of most sold records into just now recently. And, you know, they kind of cheat the system now because of what the stream is and everything. But back then, um, excuse me back then you know you had to go out and get a physical copy for sure back then um and then at his funeral that I sat at that funeral like I was there just glued to the tv and you know Barry Gordy had to say it himself like this is the best entertainer of all time he was inducted into the Rock and Hall of Fame twice once on his own and then once for like the Jackson 5 like you can go on and on and on with all the awards. He was like the only artist to be invited to the White House back to back. He was invited when um, Reagan was in there and Big Bush, honey. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was like invited to the White House. He was just invited all over. And then back then he would always walk around with his little his little um, monkey. What's his name? Bubba or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, just a really dope artist. Um, so I'm going to play a few more of my favorite songs by Mike and then I'm going to let you guys go. 
I love this song too. This is more of the ones that came out later. But like in the 80s, come on, all of them were hits. But I used to love this song too. You're not here with me. You never said goodbye. Someone tell you why. Did you have to go? my world so cold Every day I see it as myself How did I sleep? Something whispers in my ear and says You're not alone I am here with you I'm just had to come in and play another to play another tribute to one of my favorite artists of all time, and that is the King of Pop, Michael Jackson, the King of Music and Dancing. I said what I said, <laughs> but um, don't forget to check me out. I'm dropping content all week. Probably check me out tomorrow. We'll do a doc tomorrow. Um, I am ready to get in a snowfall, but I really want to do these docs. So I, I definitely want to get off into, if we don't get into anything, let's get into the free, freeway rig doc and the crack doc. Uh, we might can push off the uh, plaza ones for narcos to sometime at the end of the week. But yeah, we're about to go in and get into snowfall. Um, I'm excited about that. So I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you have not yet, I did drop my Power Book 3 Raising Canaan recap today as well. Don't forget, you can follow me on all of my social media platforms. IG and Facebook is Alicia Shanice. And I have public playlists on Spotify. So check me out. And on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed this. And I hope you guys have a rest of a blessed Sunday. Enjoy your family. You know, even if, you know, you don't have nobody in your home or whatever. Enjoy yourself. Sit there, relax, and enjoy your Sunday afternoon. Um, Stay safe out there. And it's your girl, Shanice. And on that note, I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl, Shanice.